What's up, everybody, and welcome back to yet another edition of the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Jesse Finver, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Connor Sheeran. Connor, it's a victory Wednesday. <laughs> Who the hell saw that coming? <laughs> oh, def- my goodness. I defy you to find someone anywhere on the planet Earth that even knows a little bit about American football and ask them if they saw that coming. Cause I can't, I guarantee you no one did zero Michael white, zero people, zero people saw this coming. Um, <laughs> uh, so if you, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you already know what happened, but in case you have been under that rock, the jets won a football game on a Sunday, uh, against the Bengals who were the top team in the AFC at the time. Um, not just like one of the top teams, like the top team, they, I mean, they were playing like they, they have the offensive rookie of the year already in Jamar chase. They've beaten the Vikings, Steelers, Jaguars, Lions, Ravens, like they destroyed the Ravens, Ravens on the road who like everyone, I mean, the Ravens are a good football team and you go into Baltimore and you do that. And I think a combination of things probably happened here. I think that, uh, most likely this was a little bit of a look ahead game mm-hmm. and a little bit of a letdown game for them yep. where you have the biggest win and arguably your like franchise's regular season history. And, or I wouldn't say they've been around for a while. They've been to super bowls. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say recent years, recent history in the last 20, 25 years or so. Um, the, that's the biggest win they've had. Uh, in in my recent memory, to be honest, all their other chances, in the, they they would get to the first round of the playoffs and lose to the Jets. Lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they beat the Ravens forty-one to seventeen, and then they go on the road to the Jets. This their third straight. There was their third straight road game. They hadn't been home in a while, and then they were looking ahead a little bit at the Browns, probably um, one of their rivals. So the Jets got sandwiched between two rivals, and. I'd say they benefited from that. Was that the reason why the Jets won? No, I don't think so. I think the Jets nah. won that game of a number of reasons that we'll get into. Um, mainly one, Mike White. Uh, but, Connor, this was just a, uh, you know, uh, the, the the tone of our pod has been very negative for good reason. And just... it. Sitting down on a Sunday has been more of a chore than an enjoyment. Yep. And we came into this game <clears throat> expecting. Like we, we said it last week. We said in last week's episode that this was going to be bad. Yeah. This was not going to be good. We, bo- we both said we were going to start. We were, we were going to probably switch over full time to red zone by halftime. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, think and that's so, where, I think that's where we had uh, narrowed it down to. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy, did that not happen. It almost, <laughs> it almost happened. It almost happened. We were down 17 to 7, and I was like, this is, this is this ain't good. Friend of, the, uh, friend, of the, friend of the pod, Jared, he messaged both of us and was just like, you know, well, I guess it's time to switch over to red zone now. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, that never happened. <laughs> and, and, that drive, and then immediately, and like, the, the next drive, it happened. Yeah. They drove. There was a two-minute two minute drill at the end of the half. They kicked the field goal with 151 left, and we scored with 15 seconds left in the half. Make it 17-14. Um it was an unbelievable football game, yeah. not just because we won, but it was just an amazing football game back and yeah. forth, both teams making big plays. Yep. Um, so when this game started, I was in the car on the way back from Philly. And like when you first leave Philly, your radio station saved in your car are all like scrambled and everything. And so you have to right. like, wait, like about like 20, 25 minutes before you can start picking up the signal a little bit. And I trying to remember where, so I just remember all of a sudden hearing Bob Bushusen's voice break through Bobby. and we, I got to go through the play by play. We made a big, pl- uh, it was the fourth down stop. Okay. So that's where I started listening to the game. The fourth down stop where we, I think that came off of a turnover, right? Where we, we got it. He threw up, like we got it back and he threw it. Or was that? No, it was, uh, it was, you mean the fourth down stop, like on the goal line? 
Yes. So that one, they was like, yeah, it was right after the first, his first interception because they ran the ball all the way back basically to the goal line. Oh, and then Elijah Moore made that tackle. Right. So I had already, I had already, I hadn't, I didn't get to hear like Elijah Moore break, make the tackle and everything. I tuned that in. Pretty. As, yeah. It was hard. It was hard to appreciate in the moment because you were just like, you were so like, you know, fuck, like they, they, it's happened. Like you, I, all I could think of was, it's happening again. Like they, they got us all hyped up for a first drive. You know, Mike White, he hit literally every single pass up to that point. Yeah, seven he, of he seven. Was, he was, yeah, uh, and he got, and Michael Carter gets in the end zone, and everything. You know, is like, wow, like you know, this, this is awesome. Like, first of all, they scored points in the first quarter. On like, the first, was, no, no, not just the first quarter. The they first scored drive. points on the first drive of yeah. the game. They went ten plays, seventy-five yards in six and a half minutes. It was a clinic. What? It was a clinic of offensive efficiency, which, I mean, when was the last time you think? When was the last time you heard of any Jet fan say that? <laughs> like, you know, and Enzo Mims had a thirty-yard catch. Yeah, that was on the first uh, first drive. It was, it was a, it was uh, what we've always said about him. There's a little, you know, short pass, and what did he do? He ran the ball for like 15, 20 yards. Love it. And there's a God. Oh wait, yeah, but, there was a holding penalty on. Oh uh, uh, wait, so it didn't even his, count. No, it, it was it was during the the run. Okay, back. so he caught so, it. So he caught it, ran it for whatever, and it came back like ten yards. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, he still got the catch and everything. Right. That, that, that's good. Um, yeah, because I haven't even looked through or even watched that first drive. Um, yeah. I got home and I just started watching, but something that I noticed and something that I'm I'm reading here and I noticed that he did a lot throughout the game is. He targeted his running backs a whole lot. Ty Johnson and Michael Carter had absolute days, mm-hmm. uh, not just on the ground. I mean, you know, Ty Johnson didn't really do anything on the ground. Michael Carter was the bell cow, 15 carries for 77 yards. But they both got targeted a lot. You know, Ty Johnson had six targets, five catches for 71 yards in the touchdown. Michael Carter had nine, tar- 14 targets in the in the passing game. 14 targets for Michael Carter, nine catches for 95 yards. Uh, and he could have had more if he didn't drop that ball that went for a pick. Um, yeah. I I noticed that he's taking the easy stuff, and that's something that a lot of people have been talking about um, since the game happened. So it's not exactly a groundbreaking thing we're discussing here. But I think that it just needs to be said and acknowledged that right. this guy's had a lot of time to watch football, mostly bad football. He's been on the Cowboys and the Jets, uh, <laughs> but you still get to watch and you still get to learn and, and grow. And he's been, he was a fifth round pick. He's 26 years old. And I think this is just a, a classic case of a, a break, a breakout game. Yeah. Uh, whether or not he can do it again. It, it, so it, it's either going to be, is he good or is he Matt Flynn? Yeah. Right. Cause I think that's the, the go-to Comparison, uh, you know. comparison. Yeah, Matt you know. Flynn throwing his six touchdowns, getting a hell of a contract from Seattle that did not pan out for them. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll um, say. Yeah. So whether or not you know, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be you know, thir- it'll be Thursday, and the Jets are playing tonight, tonight, yep. against the Colts in Indianapolis. Um, personally, going off of that, not a, I mean. I know we like to do this to ourselves and this isn't just you you and I, this is Jet fans as a whole. We're going to be going, people are going to be going in there expecting him to have like this, uh, this great game again, Mike White. It ain't going to happen. You think that people are actually expecting that or are they hoping? I mean, we're all hoping he goes out there and throws for another 400 yards or something like that. But yeah, maybe expecting is the wrong word. I just feel like now we, optimistic, cautiously optimistic, cautiously optimistic is probably the right word. It's like we just get because now he, you know, he threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Three? Yeah, three. And he yeah, had three. three interceptions, one of which, which was his fault. The other one, yeah. One he cooked way too hard to throw for like, he threw the ball. It was like a four yard like check down and he threw the ball like he was trying to throw it like 20 yards. Yeah. There's not a chance who, I forget who it bounced off. There's not a chance that person was catching it. But, uh, I don't remember. um, yeah, we can't because I think a lot of things, like you were saying before, a lot of things probably contributed to Cincinnati not being able to just, you know, they were looking past the Jets. They thought this was going to be an easy win. They just march in there. 
let's look ahead to Cleveland. You know, we don't have to prepare a ton. This is a backup QB. He's never started a game before. How much preparation are we going to have to do? They know, there, was no, there was no tape on him. That's what I'm saying. How, how much can you when there's no tape on him? Like, that, yeah. I think like that, that I, you know, what are you going to do? And uh, they clearly weren't ready for it. And the, and I mean, look what happened. I mean, the, the, I said, I said it during the game that it was low key frustrating watching Mike white play as well as he did, because this is all we want Zach Wilson to do. I like, think it's, it's just, a, do, it, yeah, is just take these like little, I mean, he Mike white threw the ball, like uh, past, 10 yards a couple times like it's not he like was every spreading single... it around yeah no he he made but some, he was some... getting it to every receiver it felt like he was getting it yeah. to barrios he was getting to the tight ends he was getting it to mims he was getting it to crowder uh keelan cole like he was getting it uh, obviously the running backs he was getting it to everyone you know and 10 different receivers caught the pass right and wilson feels like half the time he's trying to like force the ball to Corey davis yeah and you know Maybe that's a maybe that's and a lot of people were getting on. Uh, so I mean, just to close the loop, I guess on what I was just trying to say, if Wilson can come out of this injury and this stop in play for like the next three weeks, three four weeks, however long he's going to be out, and he can do what Mike White did on Sunday, and if Mike White can continue to do what he did on Sunday to some degree, things are at least looking up for the Jets' offense, you know. For sure, the, you know they got. Hey, really I'm, starting, I'm getting... starting Elijah, Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter in my fantasy league this week. I'm starting Michael Carter because I made the mistake of leaving him on my bench because uh, everyone told me non-believer, to... non-believer. Yeah. Everyone told me to start uh, Her- or Herbert from the Bears, you know, because he went off in the week before, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, mush Michael Carter, so you could say that my strategy to leave him on my bench worked for the Jets, but. <laughs> do that again then um, <laughs> yeah so i mean i think that this was a this was isn't it weird that the jets have two wins and they're both against teams above five yeah. like, like like good teams yeah they're both they're, i mean the titans, like, titans won on sunday like you know they're, god they're knows six and gonna, two i think god knows what's gonna happen to them now that they lost derrick henry but um yeah like the Bengals are gonna bounce back the browns I have no, no idea, honestly, what's going on with the Browns this year. Baker Mayfield, they got to stay. He's got to stop. He's obviously hurt, and now they have this whole deal with Odell to deal with, you know, off the yeah. field and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Is Chubb, are Chubb and Hunt still injured? Chubb like, is back, I think. Uh, yeah. Hunt is, is still on the IR. I so, gotta yeah. think that Bengals are gonna go in there on Sunday and you know and win. Yeah, they should try to bounce back. They're you know? better. They're they're they have a good defense and they're and and they have a, a great offense. And I think that they just kind of got caught a little off guard by how well the Jets like because you know the, this is also I don't want to take anything anything away from the Jets. Like the Jets are coming off their worst loss in a long time, um, not that long, but you know it was just an embarrassing embarrassing loss. Um, and it not being that long is just as embarrassing. Um, and they took it personally, clearly, mm-hmm. you know, they, they came home and they're like, all right, like we're not, that's never happening again. And I mean, I hope it never happens again, but they certainly showed us something on Sunday. I think there were a couple of other factors. I think CJ Mosley being back mm-hmm. huge, huge. I that think, cannot think, be understated. Yeah, I think that, like, he's, we talked about it last week. Like, Jamie and Sherwood was, like, running around with his head chopped off, <laughs> you know? And when you have a guy who actually knows what he's doing, commanding the defense, that can't go on, like, you can't understate that. Like, he is so important to this defense. Obviously, I mean, they gave up 31 points. I, I get that. But they kept them in the game. They made right. stops when it mattered. They got that fourth down stop. You know, um, they they picked off Joe Burrow when it mattered most at the end of the game. Uh, they forced a punt. Um, they forced a punt real late. And, I mean, it was just a – it wasn't a, a, a – you're not going to write home about this defensive performance. There were definitely – No, I mean, it, they did exactly they, – they, for the majority of the game, they bent and they didn't break. Look at this way. The one touchdown that Jamar Chase had 
was on the goal line. Who saw that yeah. coming? Like that's something yeah. that I was like fully expecting one, if not two, like long Jamar Chase throws from Burrow to just like, you know, boom, there you go. There's there's your game breaker right there. There and was a um there was a long one, but it wasn't the chase. It wasn't it was chase. To, it was, it was to Higgins, Higgins yeah. I believe. Yeah, I believe. That was him. Which touchdown was that? That was no, that was not that one. I think it was the twelve play drive. I don't know where the heck was that. Not a touchdown. Maybe it was on the one yard line. The Higgins. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a touchdown. They got him like within the five or something like that. It was also just a hell of a catch by him. But yeah. It, it was, was like, like I, I that. forget who was covering him, but the announcer was just. It was. Like, uh, it was Haller Eccles. It was one of yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they made a they play like, the yeah, I don't know what you want what you want them to do there. I mean, he he put the coverage on as best you can. <laughs> he just made a catch. All right, so I asked you this question after the uh, after the Titans win. Mm-hmm. I'll ask it to you again. Do expectations change for this Jets team? No. <laughs> Pass. Okay, so you you and I you and I talked about this last week after the after uh, you know the disaster against the Patriots. And I stand by the fact that there, and even more so now, that there are still enough potential wins on the schedule to get the Jets to where we thought that they would be before the season started. You think six wins, I said five. More than enough, you know, now that they've managed to beat the Bengals and the Titans, you know, you go out there and you play the Dolphins twice and the Jaguars, like, I mean, not saying that these are guaranteed wins or anything like that, but these are certainly possible as far as expectations go, enough is like changed on this short week that you know gives you a little bit more optimism. The whole and it, the whole Michael Fleur in the in the box thing, like it's it goes to show like how much of a different like how much different the offense felt on Sunday from something as simple as that. Just because yeah. Fleur had an opportunity to kind of see the whole field. Have you been in a press of, box before? Yes. Never like so, never like seeing the field really, but I've been in one. So, but like you 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 glanced out the window and you were yeah, able to yeah, see yeah. the field, so you know yeah. what that view looks like. Right. I mean, it's it's a perfect view of the field. They right. put them they put them in perfect position. I I don't know why more offensive coordinators don't go. I mean, it's just I've been on the I've been on the sidelines in in, in college I mean college football games, uh, and I've been in the press box for them. It, it's just not even. I, I'm watching, I'm on the sideline, camera on the field, watching this game, following the action. It's hard to follow when you're on the yeah. sideline. You miss oh my things, God. Yeah. especially play fakes and everything. If they run play action, I mean, like you, you're not like, unless you're like 10 feet away, like a linebacker, you're probably not going to like know like what, what what's going on in the play until, you know, you actually see what's going, like what, what the defender decides to do and they find the ball, right? right. So being in the press box, I mean, it's like watching it on TV, but like with an even better, it's a better view than the TV is because it's a wider right. angle and you're actually there. I don't know why he didn't do it. I mean, we know why he didn't do it earlier. Yeah. Um, and let's, let's talk about that because there's been some, uh, a lot of shit happened this week. A lot it's of been, shit. It's, it's Wednesday and a lot of shit has happened so far <laughs> this week. Um, so a bunch of Eagle eyed Jets fans uh, during the broadcast pointed out to the masses that a new face was on the sidelines. His name is John Beck. He is Zach Wilson's personal quarterback coach. Now, why is that significant? Well, the reason why Lafleur was on the sideline is because he Zach Wilson wanted him there with him. He he felt more comfortable with the, with his coach next to him, so they could talk about plays and break down whatever was going on. And it's just an easier line of communication. Adding John Beck, it's somebody that is familiar with everything going on he 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 has experience with this scheme and formation and everything uh he obviously knows the starting quarterback and he gave up other clients to leave his business and come work for the jets and and work with specifically zach wilson but i think having him on the sideline is a a huge game changer Mm -hmm. for this offense because now it allows the offensive coordinator to actually focus on the offense and not just the qb Right. Which which I think that we all saw is helpful. Now, I think a lot of the success that was had wasn't necessarily because of Mike LaFleur. 
I don't think the play calling necessarily was any different. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's a, you know, something that that's been a point of conversation online where people are like, LaFleur changed up the whole offense. And like our boy, no, DJ was just like, he was like, guys, just stop. He didn't yeah. change the offense. He didn't. Anybody, <laughs> he didn't. And if you, if you actually watch the jets and you're not just like, I don't even know, like, like, uh, what, what, what do we call these people? These people who love the Jets so much, but, like, they don't actually – like maybe they just don't process what they're seeing. They just watch my, football. Yeah, watch I, think, football. I think I brought him up on when we had cardio on, but my Uncle Sean is like that, where it's like he is perpetually angry. Like, I'm a, I am a, as big of a pessimist when it comes to the Jets as you'll find, but he is like nothing brings him joy when it comes to this team, even the good. Like he's, Carl. Just, he's still waiting for exactly. He's still waiting for the other shoe to fall. Like it, it's just it's inevitable. But it's and, but it's not that kind of fan though. That's not what I'm talking about. It's yeah. the loud, obnoxious fan. This is for every team that th- they don't really know a lot about football and like the sport and how things are supposed to be. But they love their team, and so Somehow. right. And so like they love watching the game. Frank Fleming with the Mets. They're just not very knowledgeable about what's actually going on. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. My least, my least favorite Mets fan. Um, <laughs> so I think that there were a lot of fans who were loud, who were wondering aloud online. You know, like, oh, like, what did Lafleur like change the offense now? Does he have something against Wilson? No, guys, he doesn't. He has play- He's calling the same types of plays. He's he's running his offense. Just Zach Wilson hasn't been very good at running that offense. Yeah. And guess what? Mike White was very good at running that offense, taking what the receipt, what the, like, if you, if you watch a 49ers game, they, because this is what, this is basically the offense that they run. They utilize their running backs in really creative ways. Uh, they, they use their tight end. Now, I mean, you know, Croft had a touchdown, but they didn't really use, use him. Um, and, they use a lot of motion. They they get creative. We saw a lot of motion. We saw creativity. The the Jets special. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets. The, oh no! What did uh? The Philly Chris special. Berm- Do you see Chris Berman? I heard it, but I don't remember. What, what, he's what like, did he say it, again? He's like, oh look at this! The New York Jets dusting off the LaGuardia special. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that was so good. Yes, I heard LaGuardia. I was like, did he just say LaGuardia? <laughs> <laughs> That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, that was very well done. The, the goat, the goat doesn't the goat. disappoint. Um, yeah, and and Mike White did something that we've been asking Zach Wilson to do, which is to play boring football. Right. Play within the offense and don't try and be a hero, which is what Zach Wilson's done a lot of. He's tried to be a hero way too often. Um, you know. Things like leaving the pocket when he has a good pocket because he just wants to get out and, and try and make something happen if he doesn't see his first or second read. Uh, not taking the underneath stuff and trying to force things downfield. Um, and he's playing like a rookie. Somebody who right. – he, he's playing with somebody – he's pl- all right, so here's how I think – what I think it is. It's, you know, Mike White came into that game with zero expectations. Maybe he had personal expectations, but there was not a lot of – there's no – no one on the outside was thinking – all right, here you go, kid. Like, this is, you gotta, you gotta perform now. Everyone was like, like, fuck, this sucks. Mike White, right. like, we're gonna get smoked. And Mike White had the mentality of, like, no one believes in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna prove them wrong. This is my shot. I'm gonna take it. Whereas Zach, the way he, and, and, and there's like no pressure with that. Right. Whatever, the whatever, only pressure that's there is whatever he put on himself. And right. if you are an athlete, you can handle pressure that you put on yourself. It's, that's the, the most basic kind of pressure. Right. And that goes, that's not just athletics. That's every walk of life. Everyone puts pressure on themselves. Everybody has expectations of themselves, of the quality of work that they do, uh, the quality of type of person that they are. Right. Zach Wilson has pressure on him, puts pressure on himself, and he's got pressure from everywhere else. Literally everywhere. <laughs> everywhere else. And I think that that has to affect a 22 year old kid where. Easily. The whole world is on your shoulders, and you, and you have to you have to handle that weight, and do it with a smile, and also succeed. Mm-hmm. The first time you're ever doing this in a professional setting, that's really hard. Not a lot of people can do that. 
Now, I think that this this situation is ultimately going to be good for Zach Wilson, but I think it's clear why things have been why things went the way they did on Sunday and why it hasn't happened more often for Zach Wilson. You know, right. there are games where it shows you what he can do, like in t- against Tennessee, where you're like, oh, my God, this is why we took him second overall. And then there are other games, like you see it against Denver, where we get shut out and he looks horrible, or against the Patriots in the first half where we're just not moving the ball at all. Or the Patriots in week two. Like. <laughs> or the Patriots in week two where he threw four or five interceptions, and, and you can just tell, like, he was just – he just he did, he wasn't there mentally yet, and he may yeah. not be yet this season. I think that he has all of the athletic talent in the world, and I think finally getting to see someone else do his job. Which I don't know about you. I'm personally a visual learner, um, and you can practice your visual learning all you want, but nothing is better than seeing somebody do it in real time and where where it right. counts. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much stock we should put into like, oh, like he gets to sit behind Mike White now for four weeks. I think, it, I mean, like what you're saying, it's, and also there's something to be said that he's not going to be like watching, I mean, barring Mike White having an absolutely horrific game tomorrow, like tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, against the Colts, and then the week after, and him being like, you know, exactly what we, exactly what we thought, and the, mm-hmm. the game against Bengals was a flash in the pan. So that he's so that Mike White's starting the entire time Wilson's out. Wilson's going to be watching a guy that has basically the same amount of experience in the NFL that he does. Yeah. Which, so it's not like he's out there watching like watching Joe Flacco do it, who very well could come in in two weeks. But he's watching this guy; he's the same experience. So it's not like this is like part of his of Wilson's brain is going to be like you know. Well, the only reason that Flacco is able to do this or a veteran is able to do this is because they've done this before, like. Now he's going to look at Mike White and be like, well, if he can do it, then why can't I do it? Like, I can, I can do this. Like, right. I don't need these years of experience to just run an, like run a simple offense. Like they, they did the game script on Sunday and uh, Trent green and who was it? Um, Kevin Harlan, I think. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. That's they the were, group. they both said the same thing. They're like, okay, so the first drive, you know, you had those like 15, 20 plays scripted for the beginning of your game. Like every team does once those are finished, uh, then you got to switch things up. Obviously, that first drive was all game script, and then you got to you know adjust on the fly, like literally every team does. So Wilson has the same thing when he's going to be in there. Mike White was going off of it, so it also goes back to Lafleur not changing the game plan whatsoever. I got to imagine these opening game scripts were probably pretty similar for some of these other teams. It was just boils down to Wilson not executing them, and there's. Also, I, I think about um, Keanu Reeves and the replacements with the quicksand metaphor. It's just yes. like a perfect, it's just a perfect sports metaphor where, and it applies to Wilson. It applied to Sam Darnold. Like it, it's, especially during that first Patriots game, it's just, you make the one mistake and then it's another and it just keeps going and going. And before you know it, it's over. And Wilson's just got to learn to try to deal with that as best he can. You know, uh, I think that he finally is going to have the support system he needs, like the proper support system he needs around him. He has a veteran quarterback with him now. He has his personal quarterback coach, and he gets to sit and learn for a little bit, um, kind of hit the reset button, and come back and be like, all right, like I got this. Mike, right. great great job. Thank you for keeping, keeping us afloat. I got this now. And now the Jets feel really good that they have a, a young quarterback who is a good backup that you can rely on in a pinch. You can play it like you've seen what his ceiling is, where you can beat one of the better teams in the AFC. You know, I think a lot of that is probably due to lack of tape on him. Uh, so we're going to find we're going to find out a whole lot about him tonight. tonight. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it being a short week plays into Mike White's hand as well. Less time. Yeah. Hey, less this is one thing we know. You don't want to play into Mike White's hand. I want I that's <laughs> that's right. I want his I want his brain blank. And all of that it's filled that it's filled with is Colts film. Everything else doesn't even matter, right? right? I don't want you thinking about last week. I don't want you thinking about next week. I don't want you thinking about Zach Wilson. I just, you know, you're focused on on the Colts and that's it. And then the Colts, they have one week of film on him and 
that's all they got. They have all they have to go is off of last week. So I mean, if you're Lafleur, you should probably play into that. Like you're, you know, put that make a game plan that you know might confuse them a little bit. You know, I'm I'm getting a little bit out of my purview. Um, this is more of a uh, something that we we talked about with Tim uh, Jenkins. Yeah. You know, but you know, like X's and O's. But I think that it would be smart to try and keep the creativity going and flowing. Excuse me, and flowing. Um. I'm sorry, I'm rhyming. I'm just I got Clyde uh, on my uh, my TV right now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I I really think that this is an opportunity for Mike White, and if he can uh, if he can perform on Thursday tonight, we 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 have a lot of we we will have we'll have a lot to talk about. Let's just let's just Correct. say that. even in a and loss, even in a loss, if he looks good, right, I'm gonna be like, all right, like. Well, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do? Let me just say, it's a pretty good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. <laughs> Fantastic uh, problem to have. I, and just have to reiterate, no one, but hey, then again, no one, no one was expecting a 400-yard game from Mike White on Sunday. So no one's expecting Hall him to go famer. out. Hall what? of Famer, Mike White, that is. First court, first chess quarterback in 20 years to throw for 40, 400 yards in a game. Shout out Vinny Testaverde. He's already in can. He has his jersey. He's already in can. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you go to can, you're going to see Mike White's name in jersey right there. Damn right. Damn straight. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's just like, I, I off the top of my head, do you know how good the Colts defense is? Like off the top? like It's pretty solid. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know who's healthy right now for them. Um, let, let's 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 get into that Colts game. We've talked enough about the the bungles um, and how they bungled that that mm-hmm. that game. Um, shout out also shout out just quick Sheldon Rankins getting the first Jets interception of the season. And it couldn't have come at a, a better time for that team. It was Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson. Sorry. Well, I know Sheldon why Rankins you thought that. Sack. You want to know Sheldon... why you thought that? Because why? Sheldon Rankins came in. Uh, it was a press conference during his press conference. DJ asked him, was like, so, uh, whose, uh, interception was more impressive. Uh, yours back in 2017 <laughs> or, or Shaq. Yes. And he goes, Oh me, I got, yes. the, I got the yak, bro. I got the yak. <laughs> Which, <laughs> that's, uh, right, that's right. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that interception from, from, uh, Shaq Lawson, uh, was just so enormous. Um, like the first one of the season for the whole team. Literally, yeah, I know. For in, what was that week eight? <laughs> um, all right, so T. Y. Hilton's out, Kari Willis, their safety's out. Taekwon Lewis is on IR as of yesterday. What today's the sec uh two days ago. Quentin Nelson is questionable. Let's see the full mm. for it. Because I believe that'd be that'd be pretty big. I believe that they have Xavier like like their defense is like pretty good. Like they have um that linebacker um leonard yeah um let's see colts darius leonard i believe his name is he's really really good and one of the better in the league um yeah it just looks like those four guys and quentin quentin will probably play he's a tough guy uh but taekwon lewis was definitely a loss for them um ty Hillen has a concussion he's out yeah, and Kari Willis as well. So their depth chart right now, um, I feel like they have some Jets. No. Yeah, they have a really good D-line. DeForest Buckner, mm. Quiddy Pay is pretty good. Uh, Darius Leonard and Bobby o- uh, Okariki. Um, I've heard of him. He's a good linebacker. And then they have uh, a good, a pretty good secondary. Rakia Sin. Um, Xavier Rhodes, they have Anderson's in yeah. at, at safety. Um, and I guess George Odom is going to play safe. their strong safety for them. They're, they're, they've got some weapons. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is really good. He's the, he's the person I'm most and nervous about. Michael Pittman has been very yeah. impressive. Their offensive line is pretty good. They have two good tight ends in Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox. So, you know, linebackers and CJ Mosley will be busy. Um, Michael Pittman's been really, really good. Uh, they have three good running backs in Taylor, Naeem Hines, and Marlon Mack, who 
starting to practice more and more and probably going to be, um, I think he's actually been active and the, the thought was they were going to try and trade him before the deadline and never, right, and they just never did. Um, and then obviously Carson Wentz, who is atrocious, <laughs> <laughs> but I will so, say the Jets the might Jets, have the better quarterback. The Jets have a, a strangely unnatural talent for letting bad quarterbacks like run all over them. And Carson Wentz uh, as at least, you know, he's at least done something at some point in his career. So, you know, MVP. Yeah. But exactly. But he is far from that player right now. Now the Colts, he's atrocious. The Colts are 10 and a half point favorites. They're three and five. They have one more win than the Jets. Um, They're 10 and a half point favorites. Carson Wentz is 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, Pretty good. What's I got? I'm gonna break out the calculator because I'm not good at math. Um, let's see. Can you do mental math quicker than I can do right no. now? 168 no. for 270. Uh, 168 divided by 270. Bad radio. 62% completion percentage isn't horrible. Um, but he's also just made like the he's made like back to back weeks like the worst plays in recent NFL history. Um, with just boneheaded interceptions. Um, one that honestly cost them the game last week against Tennessee. Uh, did you see that play? Oh yeah, that was as oh, bad yeah. as it gets. That's it was that so was bad. bad as it gets. It was man. so but bad. <laughs> once you see like on your Twitter timeline, just just and, and there's no context. People aren't tweeting like photos or clips or videos, and it just says something like Carson Wentz, what are you doing? Carson Wentz, oh no, like what what happened? And it's just like. Oh, my geez. my buddy came over to watch Monday, like watch the Giants with me and my brother uh, on Monday, and he wasn't home on Sunday, so he didn't get to watch any football, um, and hadn't really. He's not on social media at all, like at all. So he didn't. He doesn't have Instagram or Twitter or anything. So he didn't like see any highlights or anything. It's like he's living in like 20 years ago. Right. And so like halftime of Monday Night Football, the fastest three minutes is where he got his highlights from. <laughs> and, and, and he just sees Carson Wentz make that play. He's like, oh, my God, Carson Wentz, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, that's that's it. That's what we did. <laughs> we yeah, that literally play. everyone more than 24 <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> like it got it got to it got to the Tennessee Indianapolis game. And I was like, I was like, Matt. Just, just buckle up. Just wait for it. Just wait <laughs> so you're going to say it was the first play they showed. And oh, my God, it was just it was so glorious. Um, so. This is uh, this is a t- like the Jets are ten and a half point dogs. I I find that insane. It would be smaller. It, it's the same thing as last week. Like the only reason the Jets, the only reason, the only reason the Jets were like ten ten and a half point dogs to the Bengals was because the Jets were home. If the Jets were home for this game, it'd probably be like seven ish. Yeah, the line. I, I think I think it should be like seven and a half. Um. And I mean, I've watched the Colts. I don't find them very good. Um, hmm. I know this game's at home, but I think that the Jets can can hang with these guys. Now, it obviously depends on which team shows up. <laughs> are we going to get the Patriots Jets? Or are we going to get the Bengals are Titans you, Jets? Yeah. Are we going to or are we going to get the Falcons Jets where they don't show up for the first half and then it's like second half we're going to make it a game or we're still going to lose. <laughs> Are we going to get that version of this team? So what are your expectations for this game? You know, you know what the spread is now. The over-under is 45 and a half. Uh, you know who's hurt. Jets don't have Tevin Coleman. They won't have Bryce Huff. Um, and they won't have Corey Davis. Right. Uh, I would like to see, first of all, Jets fans got what they wanted on Sunday. Us too. Denzel Mims led the receivers in amount of plays and snaps. And yes, when it counted most, keep going. When it counted most, he dropped a gimme touchdown. Ugh. It was like, it was a gimme basically from, from Josh Johnson during the like, yeah. period. Mike White wasn't able to play, but man. how, how pissed would you be if you're Josh Johnson sidebar, not even <laughs> right? sidebar, but like how pissed would you be? You finally, oh my God. you're, been in the league for 14 years i mean he's been he, in the he, practice squad for two like two months 
Like, right, and he's obviously thrown touchdowns before, but like he finally get like when when Mike White went down, I've never seen a bigger smile in my life. Oh my god, like, he like jumped up in the air, grabbed his helmet, he was smiling like he's he, like he struggling to so, put the helmet on, but you can still see him smiling and everything. He was it was so like, excited. Meanwhile, yeah. Mike White's on the ground, just like oh my god, <laughs> I'm miserable. Did we ever find out what actually happened to Mike White on that play, or uh, I think it was just like brief. I think they said something about his head, like hitting the ground, and then it was just like he got like disoriented briefly. Cause he went into the tent, and I'm sure that he went into like concussion protocol or something. I want to say it could be something completely different. I could be completely wrong. All I know is that he came back in. So, uh, but I mean, Mims, bro, finally, you gotta catch that touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he finally, like starts playing well, and then he does that. Yeah, and I I think they they had to settle for a field goal there, like that that made it hurt even more. But that's exactly what happened. I'm expecting now that you know Corey Davis is going to be out again, um, which sucks. You know, it it's it yeah. does it does suck. Uh, he makes it. I was, he does. I wasn't. But yeah, I wasn't expecting him to play honestly, just because it was the short week. Um, but so I'm expecting Mims to kind of lead the way again. I'd like to see Elijah Moore like kind of. Like you can kind of start to see like him getting like sprinkled in more. He's starting to make kind of like some more catches. There's a much more kind of like design sort of plays for him. Uh, so I'd like to see that a little bit more. Um, and I think Keelan Cole as being the receiver, who's kind of just like um, more of the guy sort of, honestly, all receivers are, like, seem to have found their role. Keelan Cole and Braxton Berrios almost have like an interchangeable kind of role. Where it's like one bounces on the field, they'll make a catch, then the other one will kind of come back on doing the same thing, as evidenced by the uh, touchdown on Sunday, where Keelan Cole was robbed of like Ugh. the greatest touchdown catch in Jets history. Like, would legitimately would have been the most like athletically impressive touchdown in the history of the Jets. Yeah, don't even think it'd be close. Thank God they managed to score that touchdown like the next play or two, because I mean. I, I said I, as soon as Barrios they caught it and they ruled it a touchdown, I was like, I can't even be happy about this. Like they scored the touchdown, but you robbed me of like yeah. the highlight reel. And uh, but yeah, that kind of goes to show so, how they're 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 playing a very similar role in the offense. It seems so. So Baldy had did four breakdowns on the Jets, which was just awesome. Mm-hmm. We, we we love Baldy here, and mm-hmm. one of them was on that Barrios touchdown where Elijah Vera Tucker. Mm. Block, blocks like two guys at one, like in like in like one and a half seconds, where he blocks the 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 linebacker coming in and then pushes down the lineman and gives Mike White the time to sling one to Barrios in the corner, who made an amazing you know catch with the toe drag and everything. Um, but he's really come along and is like he struggled at yes. first. He's, I mean, when him and when Becton comes back, oh, they're gonna be uh they're gonna be quite the uh, the roadblock. And uh, I mean, I mean, and I th- I think he's gonna play. But I mean, shout out George Fant. The man's he's gonna play. Well. Yeah, the man's yeah. done pretty well in Beckton's you know absence. I think uh, the line has one truly glaring weak spot, and we all know who that is, Greg Van Roden. Uh, Jets brought in a different guard this week when they trade when they traded for uh, the doctor. Uh, Sending Daniel Brown to the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I was gonna get to that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tardif. Yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence yeah. Duvernay. Lawrence. Duvernay, Duvernay, Duvernay yeah. Tardif. I think. He can't play on Sunday because it was you know, week like two days before. He, I mean, he can't play on Thursday rather. Uh, it was two days before the team's not get even dressing. Greg, yeah, so get him on the field as soon as possible and get Greg Renroen as far away from the facility as possible. That's what uh, I have to say. For those unfamiliar, he hasn't played in a game, I think, since 2019 because he opted out for the 2020 season. And what, hey, man's a hero. He opted yeah, out. He, he, he wanted to, to he, help he, people. He wants to help. He's a, like a legitimate doctor. He went and treated COVID patients for 2020. Like, Men's a, a very upstanding guy. So not only that, not only that, you want to know why else we should like him? Because he's not Greg Van Roten. Well, <laughs> other than that, he waived his no trade clause to come to the Jets. Right. That's right. Yeah, he wanted to come here, which is that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and he started a Super Bowl. So, like, you right. know what? He's he's pretty good, and I think that he can be helpful. Um, he may not be that good, but he is much better than Greg Van Roten. I'll tell you that much. Although Greg Van Roten had a, a pretty sweet slide into the end zone after that he Mike did. White catch, the which made, kind of made the video a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, the Jets are up to – they're officially a top 20 passing offense in the league. They're 19th. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Got to work on that run game because I know there's been how about like that? one. But... <laughs> how, about, how about that? How about um, that? Who saw that? I, I talk about another thing I never thought we'd be saying. Yeah, right? All right. That's so, Mike White game. Yeah. So, all right. We added, yes, we, we talked about adding uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Um, and Joe Douglas talked this week. He did. Uh, he was non-committal on whether he wants to sign Marcus May long term. Uh, I don't hate that at all. I think that mm-hmm. uh, I think that Mike, you know, Marcus May hasn't really deserved a long-term extension. Um, he's just like not that big of an impact player, and I feel like you can just get young safeties in the draft. Um, I think that uh, I liked what I what we, what we heard from. Sala and Douglas concerning the Mike White, Zach Wilson stuff. Right. Um, thought that it was encouraging hearing everybody talk about Denzel Mims and how he's earned his playing time and he looks a lot better. Um, and as we mentioned before, this is the last note of the week. Mike White is a Hall of Famer. Damn right. <laughs> we, we touched on that uh, last week, but uh, I think that uh, I think that it was pretty pretty solid week for the for us Jets fans. From a news standpoint, we heard from the GM, we heard from the coaches. We have a quarterback controversy potentially. A good um, one. Normally, when there you have a quarterback controversy, it's very yeah. bad. But <laughs> so I am excited about that. Uh, and you should be two Jets fans. Um, and now it's the Colts who uh, let's get some predictions. We kind of broken down what, are, what, what where we're expecting. I think that the uh, I think the Jets lose this one. Same. Uh, I'm going to go like 24, 21. It's a close, close game. I think Mike White, I think they move the ball. Um, I think that. He he can he can do it. He's gonna turn the ball over still. I think that there'll be a turnover or two. Um, he'll throw an interception, but it'll be like you know 250 passing yards, t- two, like a touchdown or two, and an interception or two, uh, maybe a fumble or something, and we lose a close one. Um, but the defense plays well overall. We can't, we uh, we get to Carson Wentz a couple of times. Um, no Bryce Huff, you know our yeah. our, our uh, pass rushing god, mm-hmm. uh, who's been ridiculous with his win rate. Um, but you know, I think that this is going to be a, a tough, a tough loss, but the jets cover. Okay. I think I'm going with, uh, like 20, 28, 17 or something like that. Colts. I could see, I could see Michael Carter getting another touchdown, um, which would be good. Keep, uh, keep that, keep that train going. For him, uh, I think it's going to be a, a heavy, another like at least like well, shouldn't even say that because the first like seven like five or six plays of the game on Sunday they were all passes, so you know credit to, credit to the Fleur for having the utmost confidence in Mike White to do that. So, um, but I think after seeing what they saw on Sunday, that a lot they're going to get the ball in Michael Carter's hands a lot. I think uh, they're definitely going to dip their toes in the water as far as doing the same thing that they did against the Bengals in terms of like trying to do short stuff, short passes. The Colts are going to be ready for that now. So it's probably going to be a lot of, you know, low zones, a lot of linebackers just ready, just being ready for those uh, types of plays. They're going to want to make Mike White throw the ball down the field. uh, And we really have no idea what that kind of means. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would, uh, I would not mind them coming out firing again. Me neither. And also it was, they made like, they did make a a note of saying how 
it was the first time that the Jets, and now it's become more of the norm in the NFL for coaches that they win the coin toss at the beginning of the game to uh, defer and elect to receive in the second half rather than the first. And how they just, yeah, the Jets just wanted to come come out. They got the ball immediately, and they wanted to just get come out firing. So just because that worked on Sunday, I could easily see them doing that again if they win the they win the coin toss. So I would not hate that. All right. Mm-hmm. Any any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, I am cautiously optimistic. Cautiously I'm optimistic. O- I'm o- I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I, I won't I won't go that far. Um, okay. I'm cautious. I'm cautious. Just like hey, it's what just we say cautious, every week. I know. Just go out there. Just go and compete. You know. Yep. Just go and compete. That's all you go gotta do. Just don't don't embarrass yourselves. Just. Just go out and compete. You're playing a team that's just a little bit better than you are. Just go do your thing, you know? All right, folks. That's it. If you want to find either of us on Twitter, you can do so with me at Jesse Finver. You can do so with Connor at the NJ Mick. Why? Because I'm Irish and I'm from New Jersey. That's right. Uh, if you want to find any of the other content uh, at Gotham Sports Network, you can do so by going to GothamSN.com, uh, or you can just find us on Twitter at GothamSN. And uh, if you want to listen to any of the other podcasts or listen to other episodes of this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and I or Apple Podcasts. I was say iTunes. So now, I, guess, I guess iTunes. No, not iTunes. iTunes isn't a thing anymore. No, it um, is. Oh, maybe it is. Don't listen to me. Um, (laughs) And uh, that's it. All right. Enjoy uh, Thursday night football tonight. And uh, go Jets, baby. Go Jets. Let's, let's, uh, let's Let's get a dub, huh? How about it? Peace.